0: Welcome to the Norton Cancer Institute Hopecast, a chance for those affected by cancer to speak their story, to hear their thoughts, their struggles, what makes them happy, and at the end of the day, what helped them get through it.
1: Breast Cancer Awareness Month, held in October of the year, was created in 1985 to promote screening and prevention of the disease. We are here to celebrate and bring awareness to every single person that has breast cancer, including men, But this episode, we're going to focus on metastatic breast cancer. About 30% of early stage breast cancers eventually metastasize or spread to other parts of the body away from the breast. In this episode, we're going to talk to Andrea Solomon about her experience with metastatic breast cancer as well as her medical oncologist, Dr. Jeff Hargis. Breast cancer is the most frequently occurring female cancer after skin cancer. Breast cancer is the leading cause of death among women 35 to 54 years of age. 71% of breast cancer related deaths occur in women who do not undergo regular mammography screening. Although rare, men are also at risk for breast cancer. Of women diagnosed with breast cancer, 76% have no known risk factors. The most significant risk factor for breast cancer is being female. A family history of breast cancer increases your risk two to three times. The risk increases if cancer occurred in a relative before menopause, occurred in both breasts. Family history of both the mother's side and father's side is equally important. First childbirth after 30 or having no children slightly increases risk. Early menstruation before the age of 12 or late menopause after 50 slightly increases risk. Personal history or family history of ovarian cancer dramatically increases breast cancer risk. Increased alcohol intake increases risk. Obesity, particularly after menopause, increases breast cancer risk also. So become aware of any family history of breast cancer on either your mother or father's side and report this history to your primary care physician at an early age. Regularly monitor your breast for any changes and promptly report identified changes to a healthcare provider should they occur. Comply with recommended mammography screening. Regular screening leads to early detection. Breast cancer found early can usually be treated successfully breast cancer occurs 85 to 90 percent of the time as a hard stony singular non-mobile lump that is anchored in surrounding tissues of the breast usually it is a painless lump that can be felt is found in only one breast and occurs in women over 35 years of age however dangerous breast cancer signs are often ignored because they have different characteristics than a lump knowing your body and learning these common misconceptions about breast cancer could save a woman's life i'm going to quickly go through six misconceptions young women under 35 do not get breast cancer fact Breast cancer is more likely to occur in women older than 35, but it can occur in very young women. Any lump found at any age needs professional evaluation by a physician. Misconception number two, women with high risk factors, family history, no children are usually the ones who will have breast cancer. Fact, 75% of women who have breast cancer had none of the risk factors. Being female is the highest risk factor. All women are at risk. Misconception number three. Breast cancer is not painful. Fibrocystic breast condition is what causes the pain. Fact, breast cancer is usually not associated with pain. However, 11% of women with breast cancer experience pain as a symptom. Any breast pain needs thorough evaluation by a physician. Misconception number four. A mammogram that is without signs of cancer ensures that no cancer is present. Fact: Mammography is a good diagnostic tool, but it has limitations. There are some lumps that you can feel but are not seen on mammography, even though it can detect lumps that are too small to be felt. 10% of breast cancers never form a lump that can be felt or seen on a mammography test. It is important to recognize the clinical signs of breast cancer that produce changes in the breast, Because mammography does not detect 10 to 15% of cancers, self-exams and clinical exams by a healthcare provider must be performed in conjunction with mammography to ensure that a woman receives every method of detection available. Misconception number five. Breast cancer occurs as a single lump and in one breast at a time. Fact, a very small percentage of breast cancers occur with multiple lumps and occur in both breasts. As always, any lump, multiple lumps in one breast, or lumps in both breasts should be fully explored by a healthcare provider. Misconception number six redness, pain, or bloody discharge are only signs of mastitis or an inflammation and infection in new mothers. Fact Mastitis is a common occurrence in the young mother, but if after treatment with antibiotics the symptoms do not improve or disappear, the patient should be evaluated further. Breast cancer in young women can cause the same symptoms as mastitis. Okay. That's enough for me. Let's hear from Andrea Solomon, who's an expert. We are grateful for her sharing her story with us.
0: Hi, my name's Andrea Solomon, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 38. I was diagnosed on November 22nd, 2017. Um, it was actually the day before Thanksgiving that year. It wasn't the best time to get diagnosed, but what time is good time to get diagnosed. But since then we have found out that it was stage four breast cancer, which is metastatic breast cancer, which means it's spread to other areas of my body. It was found also in my spine and my hip. And I've been in treatment every three weeks since then under numerous different treatments. And so far as of right now in March of 2021, I'm on a new chemo therapy, which is called Her 2 which has done amazing. I do have my routine PET scans every three to four months to still check on my progress. But overall, I've had great results with this. I don't really get sick with this one. I may not feel well at times. Um, that's kind of just been throughout being diagnosed. You know, you just don't feel good at times. But as long as you have your amazing support system, you can get through anything. I have an amazing medical team, my support team, my husband, number one, at home, my kids. And I'm going to be coming up to my five-year anniversary of being diagnosed, like I said, again, for stage four breast cancer. Um, At the time, I was age 38, which wasn't even old enough to have a mammogram yet. And then I didn't even have family history of cancer in my family as well. Um, So it was pretty shocking to hear and find out this news, but like I said again, there's really no good time to find out that kind of news. The amazing support team and medical team, you know, anything is possible. Everything is possible, and as long as you have a great support team, you can get through any of this. You have to hold your head up high, and I always say keep your game face on, and you have to keep pushing through no matter how hard it gets. You're not just living for you, you're living for others as well. And it gets really hard at times. But you know you're living for others, too. And if they've got your back, you've got an amazing team to keep on going with it as well. And if it wasn't for an amazing caregivers, I don't know what I would do. Because it definitely cannot be fought alone. This is one battle I thought I could take on my own, but I knew I couldn't. You can get through anything. It won't be easy, but you can at least get through it hope especially with this new in drug i've been on for about a year and a half hope makes me feel great and makes me feel like there is hope and that i do have a chance
1: here's andrea's husband sean
0: i appreciate everybody's help and just wanted to keep fighting and hopefully we'll get through it i'll find some cure for everybody not just her but everybody with breast cancer and all cancer
1: that is our hope our old peer at the Norton Cancer Institute is to do whatever we can to help people every single day they have to come here. Unprompted, here's what Andrea had to say about when I come to visit her.
0: Even if it's just a pop-in or sit and actually chit-chat, you know, you always take that little extra time and I love it.
1: I love it too. Here's Dr. Jeff Hargis.
2: So this is Dr. Jeff Hargis, Norton Cancer Institute. I'm a medical oncologist and I have a practice uh, the last uh, 10, 12 plus years almost exclusively breast cancer and I participate in the principal investigator on uh, many of our clinical trials that we do at Norton. In terms of interesting things that have come up this year, we now have and we have a couple of new indications for one of the drugs. We have three drugs that are called antibody drug conjugates. And for someone like myself that's been a medical oncologist for for now decades, one of the things that I always dreamed of is rather than giving chemotherapy to patients and it's circulating throughout their body, it kills the cancer, but has so many systemic side effects associated with it, from the hair loss to potential damage to essential organs that patients have, hospitalizations from complications of low blood counts, things like that. These antibody drug conjugates are sort of a dream come true for us. So how they work is... They're an antibody, just like you make antibodies to a vaccine. When you're exposed to a cold, you make antibodies and you have those antibodies to protect you. um, Over the years, if you're ever exposed to that same strain of uh, a basic respiratory infection... So it's antibodies like that, and these antibodies circulate in the body, looking, and they're very, very specific for finding the cancer cells. And we've had these drugs, and for breast cancer, the drug trastuzumab, or Herceptin, has been available since 1989, and it's a pure antibody that looks for this so-called HER2 protein that is on the surface of breast cancer cells in about 10 or 15% of patients. The exciting thing we have now with that drug is it can still go and find those abnormal cells, But now, through an amazing technology, we are actually able to attach chemotherapy drugs to the antibody, and it circulates in the bloodstream until it finds the cancer cell. The cancer cell internalizes the antibody protein, but also now internalizes the cancer drug itself and what's wonderful in the technology is being able to link it to the antibody in such a way that it doesn't break off while it's in the bloodstream so we can give much higher doses of very effective drugs directly to the cancer cell with many many fewer side effects and these drugs still can have some side effects associated with them but many fewer side effects because it's not distributed throughout the body so one of the newer drugs we have we've had one drug for now since 2013 it's a drug called Cadcyla, or TDM1, and it targets that HER2-positive breast cancer. We now have a second drug that we can attach to this Herceptin drug, this antibody, and it is a drug called nher 2 It carries a completely different type of cancer drug than the previous one we had. And in patients that have been previously treated for HER2-positive breast cancer, has now been found to be very very effective and effective for treating advanced breast cancer in patients doing well for many many months and again because it's an antibody drug conjugate fewer difficulties with, uh, with side effects. The interesting thing and the new breakthrough with this drug is we had data we've been using it now for a couple years for patients that are traditionally HER2 positive which is again about 10 or 15 percent of patients. The more interesting breakthrough was They were able to find that the drug is also very effective in patients that only have a very, very small amount of that HER2 protein. These are patients that traditionally were HER2 negative, did not qualify for the other HER2 targeted drugs with antibodies and the antibody drug conjugates that I mentioned. But these patients that now have a very, very low amount of HER2, the drug is found to also be very effective. So now that has opened up probably another, in addition to just the 15% of patients we treat that are HER2 positive, there's probably an additional 50% plus of patients with advanced breast cancer that can now get a benefit from this drug. So it opened up a whole new tool for treating patients. Right now, the drug is available for advanced breast cancer, spread metastatic stage 4 breast cancer. Clinical trials ongoing to be using it um, in early stage cancer in patients that have had their cancer removed or we need to shrink the cancer before surgery. Now, all treatments come with some potential side effects. This drug we're trying to work through about, unfortunately, about 10% of patients may have some problems with toxicity to their lungs that are taking the drug. And we're working on that very, very carefully to make sure we follow the patients that are on the drug very carefully, but also looking at ways to, to treat it and treat it effectively if it does happen. So a number of very interesting things always going on in the world of breast cancer. And also these antibody drug conjugates also are being used in other types of cancer. So a wonderful advance in the, in the particularly in the breast cancer world, but also elsewhere in cancer, using something different than our old traditional cancer chemotherapy
1: drugs. We're grateful for Dr. Hargis. We're grateful for Andrea Solomon. We like to end each episode talking about hope and what it means. Here's what Dr. Jeff Hargis has to say about hope.
2: Hope means to me, in my world of breast cancer, is something that I can provide to every patient that I see that has breast cancer. In the last 10, 15 years the incidence, or the number of breast cancer patients, have increased. But what we have found is that mortality from breast cancer now for about 15 years has been going down consistently. And it's because of early screening studies, uh, patients being more aware and doing self-examinations. But equally important, and possibly the majority of the reason, is we have these very good treatments that will prevent cancer from coming back even after a patient has had a definitive surgical procedure to remove their cancer. Now, even in my patients that have advanced cancer, cancer that has spread throughout their body, most commonly places like the lung and the liver and the bone, we have many new drugs that are very effective. And what's very exciting is many of these very effective drugs can keep patients in a remission for years. And the most exciting part is many of them overall have a side effect profile that's very well tolerated. So we can have very good quality of life for an extended period of time with very little disruption of basic day-to-day routine, being able to go on vacation, spend time with family, feeling well enough to garden in their yard and play sports. And we're on the cusp in many patients, even with advanced metastatic breast cancer, where these agents are so good, we are undoubtedly going to have groups of patients that we are gonna have prolonged remissions for years, which is something we never had in the advanced breast cancer world 10, 15 years ago. So for every patient I meet, there's hope. And there's hope for cancer never returning again. That's very, very high. And even in my advanced patients, there's certainly hope for a very good quality of life, typically for many, many months or years. I mentioned we are just about ready to go over the hump that we're going to start having some patients that are in a prolonged remission that I can actually use the word cure for.
0: Thank you for listening to the Norton Cancer Institute Hopecast. Casting hope out into our community.